Welcome to Leash Connects Podcasts, where we explore a wide range of lifestyle topics with the dedicated people who are there to support you and your community in the wonderful county of Leash. My guests today are Geraldine Grennan. Geraldine is an adult guidance counsellor with Leash Offaly ETB and has worked in the area of guidance and counselling for a very long time, as well as worked in teaching. Also, we have Porik Bolin. Porik is the Further Education Training Skills Manager with Leash Offaly ETB, which has worked primarily focused on developing training and skills that match the local economy in Leash and Offaly. Guys, you're both very welcome. So today's podcast, guys, like we're going to be talking about the power of learning and the power of learning as an adult, you know, the journey of learning as an adult, maybe chat in around the area of definitely in terms of relation to our health and well-being, like how can engaging in adult education help build our resilience and things like our self-esteem and maybe it's, you know, some touching on the, the personal development journey that we go through when engaged in education or lifelong learning, you know, being willing to participate in learning, whether it be even courses or daytime courses you know, maybe doing an Evelyn degree or, or, or even a hobby course, that type of stuff, like the benefits to that for our overall health and well-being. And what I'm wanting to do maybe is unpack or maybe get your views and your opinions and your even your experiences in the work that you do, what it is that you've observed in, in your work in Leash Offaly ETB. So maybe just to start then, like, in your view, why should we bother? Like, why bother as an adult Porik engage in adult education? I think even the theory of it, Anthony, would be that I see education in a very holistic manner in that it is one of the social determinants of our health and well-being. It gives us the potential to, and I don't want to get into Maslow too early in our chat, but it does give us the potential to move towards self-actualization at its very highest point, but certainly to improve ourselves. And it does also give us the, there is a direct correlation between our educational attainment, our capacity to get a fulfilling job, our education and level of educational attainment and our capacity to generate an income that is sustainable for ourselves. So there are, even, even in the theory end of it, yeah. at a personal level, I suppose, I have I've found, so not always by design, but I've found myself in a journey of lifelong learning. And I just think that any of us that at any stage we're at, and I'm in my mid-50s, if, if I think I know it all and I have nothing to learn, then that's a sad day for me. And the day that I'm open to improving and learning, the day that I that my curiosity is still aroused by knowledge that I haven't yet attained, that it kind of excites me that every day you wake up, and it mightn't be in a formal, always in a formal setting, because ad- adult education, an awful lot of it, is quite informal. But it's that capacity to just to find uh, new knowledge exciting to find new skills, something that you're willing to take on to see where that the next step will take you. And you never know. I mean, I never set out to be a skills manager with LOATB. I set out to be a priest, actually, uh, to be quite honest, in my early days. And I've been on a journey of learning that has taken me to areas I never intended going. And I think if you're open to that and open and willing, and it's saying I can do it. It's saying that there is an opportunity out there that's something that tweaks my interest. Go and find out more about it. And then if it's something that you'd like to find out even more in a formal setting. And that's the way I started. There was things that I said, just like, well, I wouldn't mind doing a bit more of that. And when I studied for the priesthood, we had what we call pastoral work. And a bit of it was working with travellers. And I found that fierce interesting. And young people, we started a travellers youth club. And next thing, I was on a journey that took me to youth work. 
and community development. Okay. Do you know? And But I didn't intend to do that. I, I just, we had to do pastoral work. So someone said to me, well, we could do it a hand and then we're getting young travellers involved and getting them to try and start the youth club. I was doing that every Tuesday and Thursday night, only for two hours, so four hours a week. And, but then I discovered that's where my real interest was, rather than being standing behind an altar. What about for you then, Geraldine? Yeah, I suppose I think for me, when people engage in adult education initially, they come with a specific purpose. So it might be I'm going to do a pottery course or I'm going to do word processing, you know, just to build a skill or do something that's a hobby. And I think their primary motivator is never the benefit. But when they start the benefits that they see from it just explode really for them. So there's the connection with other people. So something maybe that somebody hasn't done for quite a while is to really connect with somebody in their local community or the person sitting beside them at a class. So their confidence starts to grow, the willingness to engage in other things then outside of their community because they've taken that first step. So I think it's something that just evolves from the start and then they just continue and continue to take steps and education, I suppose, has changed really in the sense that before you came in and you did a course and you never really knew where that might lead to after that, whereas now we have a framework and people can follow that. So they might start at, say, a level two and then they're level three and then suddenly they're coming to you and asking what's next, what's next and what's next. So it's a bit like Porek says, it opens the door and suddenly become curious about things. Is that a norm then if somebody participates at a certain level that they'll want to progress on to the next level? I think in the majority of cases, yeah, that's certainly what we would find in adult guidance is that somebody comes in the door and really they're saying, I need to learn how to use a computer or I want to do driver theory or something like that. But there's a natural buzz that's around in a centre of education. So you're observing other people doing other courses. And so you start to inquire, somebody's doing cookery or somebody's doing digital media. And I suppose digital media is one in particular for older people who might have come in to learn how to use a computer but now they stay on to do something like digital media because they have children who are in Australia, America or whatever. So they're learning how to Skype. They're learning how to yeah. use their WhatsApp. So you're learning all of the time, but it's some of it's through observation. So you see what's happening and that natural curiosity is there. And I think when you provide a forum for people to learn, they will naturally want to learn more. They'll want to continue to grow. So through adult guidance, you know, we'd have learners who've been with us for quite a long time but who started maybe at a level two, a level three, and are now fives and six and gone on to college. And in some cases coming back to us as guest speakers, having completed degrees. So it's not necessarily about staying the route to get to college, but it's about staying within a system where you continue, as Park says, to grow and to learn every day and have that curiosity around it. Let's talk a little bit about adult guidance then. Like what is adult guidance? And in, in, in comparison to maybe career guidance that we got when we were in school. Yeah, so I suppose adult guidance really is about facilitating people. So it's working with them through that journey, whether it's somebody coming in looking for career information who wants to take on education or training or somebody who needs maybe just a little bit of support in making a personal life change. You know, it could be very basic. It could be something that's a lifelong journey with them in the sense that, as I say, some people might come in and start at a level three with us and then they'll work towards level four and then they'll come back and they'll say, well, I've had a slight change. How will I move and navigate this way? So guidance is always about listening to where they're at, trying to put people on the right path for, you know, starting at the right point rather than saying, Sometimes people come in with an expectation of I'd like to go to college. You know, I never went to college and I'd like to go to college. And you have to maybe step that back a little bit or step sideways with them 
So it's really just kind of facilitating the journey and supporting them as they, they go through the process. There's adult guidance then. Is that something that we should all do at some point in our lives, do you think? Oh, of course. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, I think so. I think that even for us as adult guidance practitioners, when you're meeting with other guidance professionals and you're talking about things, you're learning all of the time. And that's the thing with guidance. It's changing. It's evolving all the time. The rules change in terms of funding and what's available. Programs have changed. I suppose when I first you know, started working in, in adult education, you were quite limited in what you could do in terms of the programs that were available. So you had some hobby courses, maybe some bookkeeping or payroll, you know, those type of courses for people who are in employment. Now it's vast. I mean, what you can do is just across the board from level two to level 10, part time, full time, blended online, you know, so it's it's huge, the potential that's there. So and there's something new all of the time and the engagement with third level institutions is growing all of the time. So they listen to what's being said and you're feeding back all of the time. You know, you're working alongside Park and his team in terms of skills development, you know, so it's it's changing and growing all of the time. Can you, t- can you tell me then, just based on your, your experience and your expertise then, Geraldine, the relationship between learning and, say, health and well-being, especially mental health and well-being in areas of, you know, resilience? Like, what have you observed with that? What you see is is the confidence growing in somebody. So oftentimes you'll have somebody who, when they come through the door, if particularly if, if mental health is an issue or, or you know, uh, well-being is is a concern, um, you know, so they may come in even physically how they might present, you know, so the jacket could be tight on them, the hood might be up, you know, the, the head is down. And so they may have come, it may be a referral from, you know, an occupational therapist, it could be a family member who's encouraging them to come, a social worker. So they're coming really, you know, not knowing what to expect, but doing it really because somebody suggested this might be a good thing to do. And then when they start into it, the confidence is growing. They suppose their their own sense of independence starts to grow, their connection with people. And I think really that's at the core of all education programs is connection. You you become part of something and, you know, whether that's to become part of LOETB or whatever um, program you're, you're undertaking, you're suddenly connected to something and there's a sense of purpose that comes with that. And I suppose from a guidance perspective, you know, you see people um, transform in front of you. You know, you see heads rising, you see hoods coming down. I suppose what I would have noticed sometimes with older learners who come in, particularly maybe women who've been in the home for a number of years, they'll come in and they'll suddenly be mixing with other learners and they become more glamorous almost in a sense. You know, it's like they're suddenly dropping the shell of, of being at home where they don't have to worry too much about who's coming to the door or they're worrying about the children or whatever else. And suddenly they, it's like they rediscover themselves, you know. So I suppose that's what I would observe. Do you think that sense of connection then is important for us, Pork? It's crucial. It has never been more crucial, Anthony, because look, my background is in community development. So what makes a community? And there is no stronger community than a community of people who share a bond, a common bond. And if the common bond is that we're going to get through this programme together, like you're sitting in a class, all of you are working towards something together and you're helping each other. This is not leaving cert where I'm trying to get more points than you to get that two college places that are available in AIT or Minute or wherever. This is us trying to achieve something for ourselves and helping each other to do it. And that sense of belonging that that gives, because we're in a society where, where, like when I was growing up, friends were real. They were there. You went kicking football, you went to the bog, God bless us. 
but you went with your friends. Now people will tell me that I have 500 friends on Facebook, if you don't mind, from the far side of the world that you've never met, that, that, that you, you're believing a photograph that they put up somewhere across the ocean as representative of what they want the public to see them to be. And you think they're a friend because they pressed a button one night that there were nothing else to do. So that sense of connection is badly missing in our society nowadays. And we're going around with our heads down, and I know you have theories on mobile phones, Anthony, with our heads down, not looking at the real things that's happening around us. So that sense of connection, and even the connection with ourselves. Um, Geraldine spoke, and I, I was here sitting, and I was thinking of things to say when you came back to me, but Geraldine, every time I talk about a word, Geraldine used it in the next sentence, but this self-discovery, very often what you learn most about in, a, in any programme of education is about yourself. And, and how you can learn, how you like to learn. And you, the more you learn about yourself and connect with yourself and then connect with the people because you are sharing a common goal with everyone around you. And it's, it's just a bond that is, is real compared to that. I think people in, in society today, and I think with young people in particular, and, and that of older people too, the sense of community is gone. The sense of real community. We talk about a global community. I, I have yet to find anyone to explain that to me, really, what that means. Because it's not, it's not the community I believed in. It's not the community I learned about when I was studying community development. So if you can get into, uh, deeply connect with yourselves and those around you and share a common goal and a common vision and, and a willingness to help each other through the challenges, and there are challenges in adult education, to get through those challenges, now you're onto something really big. Are those challenges important for us, though? They are important because they have to be overcome. The first challenge is to, and I suppose women in the home is a very good example, and again, Geraldine raised it, is to say to yourself that this role I have, however important it is, and it is crucial, but it doesn't define me. It's not just me. There's more to me than helping the kids. There's more to me than having the dinners on the table. There's more to me than ensuring the washing is done. There's more to me than this. It doesn't define me. And I'm not in any way derogatory about the role of the women in the home. That goes for every role. It's part of you. It's part of what you are. But it's certainly not all you can be. And education is about helping you to be the best you can be as a person, as an individual. So why settle for the level of knowledge that I have if I can have more? Why settle for the sense of achievement that I have if there's more in me? And there is more in us all. Now, the first challenge then is the step. And it is, it takes courage to take that step outside of there. And because, uh, and there are a lot, a lot of people in adult education and adult learning who, who maybe have a poor enough experience of the formal education sector all those years ago. If they see, if I see myself as that lad that's sitting in front of the last exam paper I faced in the leave insert or whatever, and the sweat running down my brow because I don't really know everything I should know and my experience, I didn't listen to everything I listened, should have listened to. But if that's, if that's my, the end of my educational journey, then I'm not doing myself any justice. Because I have done, what I, it doesn't matter what I've done in the meantime, but the amount of learning I've taken out of life since then, that I can now apply to an educational setting. I, I am not starting as that 17-year-old or that 15-year-old that left school early because the teachers didn't like him, he was a bit different, and, and was sitting at the back of the class left to his own devices. That's doesn't me. That's not my, the end of my educational journey. So I come back in, and I'm not coming back, and I'm coming back in as someone 30 years later who has a lifetime of experience to bring to the educational setting. 
And that, that's a very different person. Is that experience, that life experience then, Jordan, is that valued in an education environment then for you as an Yeah, adult? I think so. I think when you're engaged in adult education, it's a shared experience. So the teacher that's involved has as much to learn as the students have. So a teacher may be coming in to teach whatever it is, word processing or whatever. But what you observe, what you see, that the stories that are shared, you know, there's learning for everybody in that. And I think that the students often underestimate the skills that they have developed through life. Not to be targeting the poor women, I'm a, from this year, I'm an empty nester myself. So it's that sense of if you've been running a household, if you've been getting kids to school and you've been the person that's liaising with the school all throughout their lives and you have dealt with, you know, the principals and the teachers and, and budgeted to get them back to school and all of those things, that's a skill set that you've developed, you know. Um, managing the family finances, putting the food on the table, looking after their nutritional needs, getting them to all of the extracurricular activities. And sometimes you don't realize that what those skills actually are, you know, so your ability to manage time, manage money, be diligent, order, routine, structure, you know, so skills that are valued by so many employers, you know, being able to multitask, you know, all of those kinds of things. And when you come to an education setting, then you can see those skills develop. Your classmates will see them. Your teacher will see them. So there's a lot of shared experience. It might be that something comes up in the course of a class. It might be a, a problem that somebody has, a very simple thing. And it's not in adult education. It's not the teacher who has the solution to everything. It might be the person sitting beside you will say, well, actually, you know, I had something similar and this is how I dealt with this. So there's a lot of kind of experiential learning and yeah. people are able to identify with that then instead. So they're able to look at that and go, well, yeah, I, I dealt with something similar and I actually I overcame it. So if you're being praised for that skill, then I can identify with you. I have that same skill. So therefore, you know, in a sense, almost I am worthy if you, you know, if you want to put it in those yeah, kind of terms, yeah. you know. So people are coming into an environment then whereby they're welcome to share their experiences in there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask, does setting educational goals, in your view, is that important for us as human beings? Like, does it give us a sense of direction in life? What's your views on that, Porik? Yeah, I mean, I, I think setting goals, if you use them as guidance, guidance, I was <laughs> not using that term just because Geraldine <laughs> is here, but it rather than the parameters. Sometimes we set goals for ourselves and it depends on where you're given time in your life, but you may set goals that confine yourself rather than actually open it up. I don't know, was it Roy Keane who said that if you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail? But certainly if you set out on a journey any day, not knowing where you're going, there's a fair chance you're going to end up very lost. You do want to have some sort of a destination in mind for yourself. And very often, I suppose, in the in a lot of what we do, we were heavily involved in work with, say, the likes of Borden and Mone uh, in the Midlands at the moment. But anywhere where people may be heading into a new chapter, yeah. that they don't know where it's going to take them. A lot of what you're trying to do is trying to trying to sort out for people, with people and facilitating people to, for them to discover what are the skills that they've developed and enjoyed developing and what might they match in life in general in, yeah. in the future. Yeah. So if if someone is keen to build on a skill set that they already have, to match those skills then to the types of, if it's employment, and a lot of what we do is employment, but it doesn't have to be employment, to match those, what will they suit? And how far do you need to go on that journey? And sometimes that is level seven or level six or whatever it is. Sometimes uh, we try not to focus overly on the, on the level uh, because a lot of employers will tell you, give me the person 
who is willing to learn, who is open, who is able to take instruction without having a heart attack or a, a meltdown, and who is reliable. So if you have those skill sets, then you're very employable in today's world. And the technical skills can be given to you after. Yeah. So what we try and do is match. We talk about competency. Obviously, you need a bit of theory and the knowledge uh, because while it's experiential learning, you need to know why something happened. So every time you turn the key, the engine starts. But what happens the morning you turn the key and the engine doesn't start if you don't have a bit of the theory and the knowledge as to why the engine started? Yeah. But it's also about giving people, a lot of it is about motivation. And resilience. Resilience, you mentioned resilience earlier. Resilience is hugely important because you are going to get knockbacks. You are going to, and you will, someday the, the employer will come in or your boss will come in and give you, and you might, it might be in the wrong. So you need a bit of self-confidence to be able to say, okay, I'm going to take that in the chin because he's of his position, but I know I didn't do wrong. Or, or be willing to say, yeah, I made a right aims of that. Yeah. We'll go ahead again tomorrow. Yeah. And you need goals because you need to know where you're going. Otherwise, life will throw you off that journey. That throw, you, you'll be down a lane, a bog lane before you know where you are <laughs> if you don't have some sort of a destination in mind with goals. But setting goals when you're, I would constantly review my goals and keep changing them because you're evolving. And, yeah. and the goals you set when you're at point A may not be the goals you want for yourself when you've moved on to point C. Yeah. Does that make sense, Geraldine? Yeah, yeah, no, no. But look, the, the reason why I've asked that question, Jordan, is I, I read an article a couple of years ago that said that it was very much influenced, I think, by the Greeks, that we should have everything done when we're young, everything completed. You know, okay. we're at our prime and when we're, you know, in our youth. And education is one of those things. And that contradicts the sort of philosophies, I think, of lifelong learning, that mm -hmm. learning is something that you could do, or education is something that you can pursue Mm -hmm. At all stages of your life, same as physical activity, this idea that you're at your prime and you're 21, 22, mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, you can work on your, you know, your physical abilities throughout your life. So that's like in your view, you know, given this type of work that you do, do you see educational, setting educational goals throughout the lifespan as an important thing to do? I would agree with Porik in that I think they give you a sense of direction. So you're working towards something. But I think probably the key is being able to adapt so you may have the goal and it, the end point might be whatever, but somewhere along the way, circumstances change or your own interests or desires change. So you have to be able to adapt to that then and, you know, take on board that, OK, originally I was thinking maybe I might, you know, work towards engineering, but I've discovered I really enjoy working with people now. So I might go towards social work. So that's the development, in, you know, that has occurred over time. That's how you have evolved. So if you were to look at that as a set goal, then you haven't met your goal of becoming the engineer, but you've become absolutely more fulfilled maybe by following social work. So you have a, an end goal, which is maybe to improve from the point that you're at, to have greater opportunities for yourself, to know more about yourself. But a final destination, I think, is probably a, say a sad way to go towards life. But I mean, I wouldn't like to think that I could plan now for where I will be in 10 years time and then I'll okay. get to that destination and I'll go, yeah, I've made it. I think that would be a waste of, of the next 10 years. I'd like to get there and go, OK, now where will I go next or what is the next thing that I do? So, okay. you know, and I think people, because when you say the Greeks, you'd have to assume that maybe it was written quite a long time ago. So, you know, you were probably dead before you were 30 anyway, you know, so <laughs> um, in that regard. So I think now people are living and studying and you know driving into their 80s and their 90s. So 
And I think probably the lockdown to a certain extent has developed skills in the particularly in the older generation who have really, really worked to connect with their families. So people who would maybe never have used a smartphone suddenly had, you know, WhatsApp or whatever installed. Mm. So, you know, if you were to say it's complete at, at 65, I've retired after a, a long career and that's my life sorted. I don't know. I wouldn't like to be giving up at that point and saying okay. I've reached the goals. No. So guidance for you then is an unfolding of... yeah aspirations and ambitions and and it's lifelong I think it's the choice is yours obviously the choice is yours to continue throughout life to be open to change to adapt to new things to have that kind of thirst for knowledge or just acquiring a new skill whatever it is so that's a choice that people make but in my role in guidance that's about empowering somebody to make those choices and to facilitate that but I think we have a lot of very positive things. As you said, physically, you know, people can stay much more active, much more healthier. So if you can, it's about have, being maybe older and having purpose. So continuing in life. And I suppose people often reach maybe 65 and, and now 70, you know, you can be working until. So if you reach that point, it's not about stopping and saying, that's it. I'm at the pinnacle of everything I could do. And now I'll, I might play golf three times a week or when that's it, you know, there's develop better golf skills or you might take yeah. up something. So there's always something new that can be there in terms of ed- education or life. So Porik, in terms of one piece of advice that you would give someone that was curious about getting into adult education at some level, what would that be? Set your goal as to be the best you can be. So if that's your goal, like, in, OK, maybe the Greeks are right. If your goal is a vision and maybe an unattainable one, that it's ever improving. That's your goal, yeah. to be the best you can be. And that's to be the most content you can be or happy, if you think you can go around in a permanent happy state, fair play to you. But even contentment, I'd settle for contentment as a goal. I suppose one is to give yourself the chance to be the best you can be and to be open enough to do that. Now, that I absolutely know that that requires a little bit of courage in order to do that. If you can set that as your perhaps unattainable goal. But to be the best you can be is something that I think that we should all strive for in life. And that's to be the best golfer you can be. Yeah. Now, that wouldn't take me very long. To, <laughs> to, to, but to go after what you have an interest in and even the leave insert and you get X number of points and that sometimes directs us towards a programme because the points match the programme. But does it match your interest? Does it match the skills you have? Does it match... So what is it you want to be? And I suppose Geraldine reminded me of it this morning. I think education is a a journey of self-discovery. So the more you discover about yourself and, okay, your objectives may have to be set after and reset and reset again. If you want to have a goal for life, leave it very, very loose and something that is way up there and probably back to Maslow again and self-actualization. But if you set that and to be the best person you could be for yourself, for you, First and foremost, not yeah. for the kids, for you. What is it that you always wanted to do? Is there is there an old itch there that you never scratched? And yeah. Yeah. take the courage to do that and see where it leads you and be open enough to do that. Now, I'm saying that I'm not saying it glibly. I know it requires courage. I know it requires resilience. But dip your toe in the water. See where it takes you. What about for you, Geraldine? Or the one piece of advice you would give? I suppose I'm going to plug my own service and say engage maybe with the adult guidance service because I think that's maybe, you know, if if you're thinking of education, it would be to connect with that service um, really because, you know, that is a gateway to so many things and it's maybe the first opportunity that somebody will have to go in and identify what 
the goal might be or what the, the dream might be or the thought that they've had and to say it out loud, you know, so whether it's that you're at home and, and Spark says really it's the dipping the toe in the water, but it's being able to say it in a place that if you like without any judgment, you know, that you sometimes maybe at home somebody might say, God, I'd love to do whatever. And a family member might say, oh, she'd never be able to do that. Like So it's maybe taking the step to uh, somewhere. So with your adult guidance service. And seeing what's possible. So just opening the door or just tipping it slightly open. And then after that, it's connecting. You've started that journey of connection. So it's joining the dots, if you like. Guys, thank you so much for talking with us today. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. And I look forward to your next podcast. Till then, Slán Gófáil.